The big question in the sports world this week, does Debo Samuels get traded before the NFL draft? We've got a few other things that are worth betting on, though. This is episode 199 of The Next Best Bet. I'm Jake Higgins with Brett Levy, as always. And a quick look at how we did last episode, Brett. It's very green. I have one loss with my Nuggets plus six and a half pick, but I did hit my pick of the pod. And a few positive plays like the Athletics and Dodgers run lines and the Capitals money money line after they had already clinched a playoff berth the night before. You did rather well yourself. Yeah, you know what, Higgins? It's nice when we both have winning records on the podcast. I lost my Levy lock, though, so I'm clearly a big loser, just a big <laughs> fat loser. Uh, nothing to celebrate over here, Higgins. It's, it's uh, you know, we'll make do coming off that Levy lock loss. We'll celebrate the 2-1 and one record a little bit, I guess, but not, not happy about losing the lock. That's the one where quote-unquote, most confident in, right, Higgins? So you kind of want to hit that one. I hit mine, so hopefully my goal is to catch up with you so far. I had a cold start to my pick of the pods to start the year. Brett, that Debo Samuels question, we're going to talk a little bit about the NFL draft later. We're going to have another episode before the first round uh, next Thursday. But it's an interesting proposition, and there's a few first rounds being offered to the Niners for that guy, I'm sure. Uh, yeah, well, I'm, I'm sure everyone's calling, right? The report was the other day that uh, Debo Samuel officially requested a trade. Now, the timeline of that trade could have been a week ago, Higgins, but, mm-hmm. uh, you know, whatever. And, uh, you know, some reporters have come out and said that the 49ers, you know, have zero intent to trade Debo Samuel regardless of the trade request. Uh, we know that A.J. Brown is unhappy with the Titans, Higgins. Uh, D.K. Metcalf is another guy rumored in these trade circles as well. So there's a few names out there. A few uh, receivers out there specifically. Yeah, I, I don't really know if I expect any of them to be on the move, but it's fun to talk about. It is. There's a bunch of mock drafts coming out before the NFL draft, too. I don't know how much weight we hold in those. We'll get into that a little bit later towards the end of the episode again. Brett, let's talk about a beginner's boulevard, though. In this episode, I want to talk about contrarian betting. It's also betting against the public. And there's been a few examples of this floating around social media over the past two days. I mean, specifically on Wednesday, there were... There was a play in each of the NBA games that had 90% or more of the public's money on it. Now, two of those three did hit. Do you like to ride with the public, or are you a contrarian that likes to fade the public? Um, You know, what does it mean if I don't really take that into account? Like, what if I just, like, I do my own thing, Higgins? (laughs) You can do your own thing, but you're you're noted for saying they don't build— cities in the middle of the desert from having everybody win so i would always say that you're you might be a little bit contrarian i I play contrarian a lot i might be contrarian i i certainly think uh i've contributed to some of those buildings in las vegas so uh i don't really know where i fall but like truthfully right i i never look at this right i um when i'm making my wagers higgins i'm usually what i'm taking into account is injuries how the team has performed over 
I would say last five games usually is what I'm looking at, like what their trend is over the last five games. Injury reports, um, you know, if if players are resting or things of that nature now uh, in baseball, you know, sometimes it's a player off day, right? Things of that nature. So um, that's more what I'm taking into consideration than where the public's money is, but... Uh, it's certainly a strategy to just fade the public. Uh, that is is not unheard of. Yeah, and the NBA playoffs, at least this first round, has seemed to be either you are with the public or you're against the public. People are betting very heavily on certain sides of a lot of these matchups. For example, the Bucks bulls who they're playing again on Friday, that was the one bet on Wednesday that had 90% of the money but did not cash because the Bucks lost overall to the uh, Bulls, and now they go to Chicago tied 1-1. Brett, because of this, I'm backing Milwaukee in Game 3. I like them at minus 2 because Chicago surprising Milwaukee, getting that win in that fashion, really kind of dominating that game and being able to contain everyone but Giannis until the end. I think Milwaukee's going to turn the tide and they're going to come out a lot stronger and more focused in game three. So two points, that's not too big for me. I'm going to take Milwaukee on the spread. Yeah, um, well, you know, the reason it's at two points, Higgins, is because Chris Middleton uh, suffered an MCL sprain in game two and will not be available, obviously, for game three. Um, so yeah, this is a big stay away game for me. I do not know what to expect in this one. Um, going to be interesting. I expect Giannis to be on, uh, DeMar DeRozan a lot more in this game. So we'll see what happens here, Higgins. Um, but you know, you'll certainly be backing the best player on the court. So never a bad thing to do in an NBA game. And if Giannis just goes absolute Greek mode... Is that a term, Greek mode? I think he would absolutely just dominate, maybe get a triple-double and just carry the Bucks. Greek get a mode. Be- beast mode, Greek Gre- mode. Greek mode, there you go, man. All right, whatever floats your boat, Higgins. <laughs> I try. Uh, speaking of boats, well, this game is now going to be actually in Atlanta, but Miami, there are boats there. Uh, <laughs> big boat town in Miami, Florida, but Miami has a 2-0 lead uh, Higgins in the series against Atlanta. They've dominated these games. No Clint Capella for the Hawks. Uh, I think that's a big disadvantage for the Hawks. Uh, it's obviously one of their best rebounders uh, and one of their best finishers at the rim as well. So uh, it's a big miss in this series. I think the Heat probably sweep Atlanta Higgins. Uh, Atlanta's going to come out they're going to fight in this one. They're going to try and prove that they're not dead yet, but I just think it's a mismatch here, and uh, the Heat probably take a 3-0 series lead. They're giving, uh, or excuse me, yes, they are giving a point and a half to Atlanta. Uh, I think they cover the spread, so instead of taking minus 120 on the money line, I'm going to take that minus 110 uh, number there, Higgins, and the one and a half. And see, this was more of a stay-away game for me. You mentioned Chris Middleton's injury being the reason why you're staying away from that Bucks bulls game for right now, and I understand that. The Heat and the Hawks, one, it's 
the series that at least to start, I think I've watched the least of all these NBA playoff matchups. But Trey Young coming back to Atlanta would have me a little bit nervous. I know they're without Clint Capella, like you said. I think that does make a big difference for them down in the paint. But Atlanta, I don't know if they get swept here. And if they can win game three, then I think Miami would take the next two pretty handedly. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely going to come down to game three, no doubt about it. Saturday, we already have a few lines out, and the big question is, are the Sixers going to complete their sweep of Toronto? I mean, Joel Embiid hitting that three-pointer when it was a tie game late had him feeling, and a lot of fans having some flashbacks to when the Sixers lost on a last-second three in Toronto a few years ago. Philly just being three points favorites here, having already overcome the adversity of going to Toronto in game three and coming out with the win. I think they're going to do it again, so I'm taking the minus three. Yeah, uh, look, Higgins, I think this is a tough spot for Toronto to be in. They're injured. Uh, They're beat up right now. They're down 3-0 in this series. I I don't expect them to, you know, come out flat or anything of that nature. I expect them to fight a little bit. This is a team, you know, that's won a championship recently, has a championship caliber coach as well. So um, I'm with you, though. I think Philly gets it done in game four. And if the Sixers can come out rested from this series with a sweep, it'll set them up especially considering that the Bulls were able to steal one from the Bucks to tie that at 1-1 right now. And Boston surprisingly sending it to Brooklyn at 2-0. I still have a feeling that Celtics-Nets series is, might even go a full seven, but Brooklyn needs to respond on Wednesday, or on Saturday, excuse me. I'm staying, I'll probably bet, be on that game somewhere on Saturday. I can't make heads or tails of it right now as of Thursday night, though. I'm, I, I, I gotta wait till closer to game time. Yeah, I think that's fair, Higgins. Um, we'll see what happens. It'll be an interesting game. KD obviously didn't shoot very well from the field in the last game, although he scored, you know, whatever, 25, 27 points, something like that. So uh, he did find a way to get it, quote-unquote, done a little bit, Higgins. But uh, they're just going to need better games from, uh, you know, your two best players. You need... When you're built around superstars, Higgins, so like when you're relying on your best players to be your best players, they have to, you know, I'm going to say it a third time here, be your best players. Uh, And, you know, KD was obviously feeling some of that Celtics pressure in the last game. Uh, Now they were very physical with him, Higgins. We'll see if they'll be able to be as physical in Brooklyn, but uh you know, just uh, definitely an interesting series to watch, for sure. Kyrie and KD went a combined 8-for-30 on the floor in Game 2. The only reason KD was get, able to get 27 points is because he was able to get to the line, because like you said, they're playing so physical against him that he's just getting constantly fouled, getting sent to the line. He went 18-for-20 at the line in Boston in Game 2. I wouldn't be surprised if... I agree now that they're in Brooklyn that it's not going to necessarily be able to be as physical right now, but I think the Nets probably will come out and win this. I don't know if that hook should still be there by Saturday, though, so I'm hoping that Brooklyn and that line 
comes down a little bit. I mean, because Boston, they're up 2-0. They, they should be favored a little bit more than this being three-and-a-half-point dogs, I'm hoping. I'm hoping by Saturday. <laughs> Man, yeah, we'll see what we'll see what happens, Higgins. So, uh, yeah, I, I think, um, you know, a lot of people are going to be backing the Nets here. They don't expect the Nets to be down 3-0. Let's take a look at some baseball going on on Friday as well, Brett. And we got a couple early games. I mean, Thursday was a very light schedule for baseball, so we got a good schedule heading into the weekend as we set up for some weekend series. And I'm going to start it off with a parlay, actually. This Brewers-Phillies game on uh, Friday night in Philadelphia. We've got Freddie Peralta. We've got Ranger Sanchez on the mound. And if we uh, look at both of those pitchers to start their seasons, it has not been strong. Peralta, he's 0-1, has not gotten his win yet, and his ERA is north of 10 through two starts. Ranger Suarez, he has a win. He's 1-0, but his ERA is just south of six through two starts. I think that both these bats are going to be alive a little bit. Philly's got a very powerful lineup. I'm taking Philadelphia on the money line at minus 132, and I'm combining that with the over eight because we've seen runs both times these pitchers have been out here so far, and eight feels a little low to me, so plus 258 with that parlay. All right, fair enough, Higgins. I'm rooting for a lot of runs in that one, and preferably by the Philadelphia Phillies. <laughs> but uh, sticking in the Phillies division, I'm heading over to a Marlins-Braves game where Trevor Rogers will be taking the mound for the Marlins against Kyle Wright. Look, Higgins, here's just you know my opinion, right? I don't think the Braves are world beaters. I think they're a very good baseball team. But I think on nights or days or whatever, when they are, um, let's put it this way, when they don't have the best pitcher on the mound, I think they're beatable, right? Mm -hmm. So I think facing Trevor Rogers in this matchup, uh, you know, clearly one of the Marlins' two aces, along with Sandy Alcantara, um, I think, you know, Rogers has the advantage here. Kyle Wright. At one point in time, Higgins was a big prospect, but he looks like he's the you know kind of sliding into that Braves fifth starter role. So um, I just think it's a pitching advantage for the Marlins. I think they're figuring out some of their lineup issues. Um, you know, Jazz Jazz Chisholm's been a very hot button topic uh, throughout the season where he's been batting. He homered tonight from the one spot, Higgins, from the leadoff spot. So I imagine he'll be back in there on uh, Friday as well. Great fantasy guy to start the year, too. He's very versatile, plays a lot of position that uh, Jazz Chisholm. I have one more baseball game on Friday, Brett, and it's an AL East matchup. So most of our games, we're all going with the East Coast. We're going to be going with games that we'll be awake for, at least. I know I'll be awake for, Brett. I don't know about you, you early bird. But, early break. <laughs> but Red Sox at Rays on Friday night, we have a much different matchup than the first game I'm talking about. These pitchers have come out rather well to start. Michael Walker has an ERA south of one through two starts. Corey Kluber, ERA south of two for two starts. Neither of these guys have found a win yet. Boston, though, Boston's the underdog here, and the Rays to start the season are two and six when they are favorites at the book. 
So I'm fading them because it just feels like an early trend. And Boston at plus 118 seems like some nice value to me. Yeah, fair enough, Higgins. I think you found a nice little nugget there. Um, why not hop on before that nugget cools off? So, uh, yeah, I think that's fair. Um, but I will say this, Higgins. You're just telling me, you know, pick a team who I think is going to win the most times this season in this matchup. I'd probably lean Rays. I think they do have the better pitching staff top to bottom. Uh, and, you know, they do have some explosion in their lineup now. Wander Franco up in the majors. Arosa Reina, obviously we know about him uh, from the uh, 2020 World Series year. So, uh, you know, it's not like the Rays have a bunch of nobodies. But, um, yeah, I think uh, Tampa probably better overall. But I think your trend would point why not take the Boston and the uh, plus money there. I think it'll be a close game. I think those pitchers, so far they've come out strong. Maybe one gets rattled in their third outing, or maybe they continue it. It'll be interesting. There's a few MLB series that I'm going to be keeping my eye on this weekend, Britt. The Angels hosting the Orioles, I think, should have some value at different points. Not necessarily on Friday night with Bruce Zimmerman versus Reed Detmers, but maybe a different pitching matchup. Um, The Blue Jays-Astros... That should just be a fun series to watch, in my opinion. I think the Blue Jays are a very talented team. And we got our first Dodgers-Padres series of the year between these two teams. And that's going to be a very contentious uh, duo or matchup. That's going to be a very contentious uh, matchup anytime those two face off this year. Yeah, I think uh, you pointed to some good series Higgins, I know the NHL is winding down as well. So, uh, look, this is the most fun time of the year with the NFL draft coming up as well, Higgins. It feels like, you know, uh, another sports uh, apocalypse or whatever <laughs> it's called. The sports eclipse is, is on us again. Sports equinox, I think. Equinox, whatever. I, yes. I was I was trying to come up with all the words and I all came up words. with none of them. Well, you mentioned the NHL, and Brett, you're right. The NHL's coming to a close here over the next few days. Next Friday, actually, the 29th is the last day of the regular season, and there is a few Western Conference spots that are available. There's a few different slide-ups or slide-downs that are still possible for certain teams, so there's a lot that's still being played for. I'm just very apprehensive to be betting on it right now. So unless there's a very good matchup or some very good odds, I'm staying away until the playoffs are officially among us. Because once the Stanley Cup playoffs start, Brett, I think we can agree that's some of the most exciting playoffs that we get in any sports. Yeah, no, it definitely is. And uh, I will be locked in, Higgins, as my New York Rangers are very good this year and could have a chance to come out of the East here. Yes, you will be having a fan interest in it. I guess Flyers fan will not. No, you're, you're dead. But that's okay, Higgins. You know, always next year. I'll be able to lick my wounds at the end of the NHL season by watching the NFL draft that starts next Thursday. Because personally, I love watching the NFL draft, especially like day three when it's the obscure guys where it's the scouts that are getting their shot in the uh, in the big room to pick their guy on one of those late days. And you have the guys at the TV table scrambling, trying to talk about someone that they might only have a few clips of. 
Yeah, no, I think uh, the NFL draft is a lot of fun, Higgins. Uh, I saw something, Bud Light is giving away uh, $15 million if you get the first 32 picks correct in order. So it doesn't need to be the teams, you just need to get the picks right, right? So um, when I win my $15 million, Higgins, you will not be seeing me ever again. I will be on my private island, no internet there. Really tough to reach me. Uh, that fifteen so, million is not turning into your new bankroll. No, no, I'm just uh, probably gonna go sail away, not show up to the office, not show up to the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, I feel like that's probably about as hard as getting a perfect bracket in March Madness. <laughs> I don't think any. I think that fifteen million is safe. I don't think. Bud, I think that fifteen Light, million is very safe. I don't think yeah. Bud Light is giving that away. But you know, just so everyone knows, it's mine. So, I'll ask you since we're going to briefly talk about the draft right now. What's your merit for mock drafts? For example, I saw a mock draft. I think it was Maurice Jones Drew, a former running back. He had four quarterbacks in the top ten. Where, like, I don't know where that's coming from. I'm definitely not expecting that, but it seems like it's chaos and shuffling and shots in the dark a lot of times. Yeah, I mean, um, look, my guess is the people that put these out uh, are talking to someone, whether it be a team scout or something, right? Or, you know, maybe they uh, have good relationships with the college player right and uh Mm -hmm. or the agent and this is what the agent's telling him right so my guess is higgins it comes from some sort of info right and then you know you have to also understand like hmm this is coming from an agent like do i think he's trying to build this guy up do i think there's a realistic shot his guy could go here right so that's kind of up to the mock drafter i guess but um i'll say this i think mock drafts are fun to talk about i think you know generally speaking maybe the first two to five picks people are on or, or near right like on or near and then yeah anything can happen i think a lot of times what blows up these mock drafts and people don't really take into consideration is you know a trade is is mm-hmm. made right so like some team trades into the top six it's top seven right and that affects the draft order maybe this is a qb hungry team trading up to five to jump ahead of the carolina panthers at six who a team you know that is jumping in has deemed, oh, the Panthers are picking a quarterback. We have to get ahead of them, right? So you don't know what what all 32 teams are thinking. Um, There's rarely a consensus throughout, right? Because even on an own team scouting department, you're going to have, you know, the entire scouting department submit rankings, position rankings, player rankings, right? And, um, you know, they'll fill out their own mock drafts and, no one's going to have the exact, or you hope no one has the exact same thing. This is also, I'd say, a very unique draft because, for one, it's not a quarterback-dominant draft that that's who everyone's talking about going number one overall. No one's really talking about a quarterback going number one overall this year. And typically, those years, 
They can be looked at as weaker drafts. This is being talked about as a very strong draft in a number of positions, both on offense and defense. And to our trade talk that we had at the top of the show about Debo Samuel or someone like uh, A.J. Brown or even D.K. Metcalf, who all have had their names in the rumor mill as teams are talking and discussing trying to get up in the draft. I think the biggest thing that hurts those guys in terms of trade potential and their value is how many good potential receivers there are in this draft and how many receivers there are being talked about in the top uh, first two rounds being potentially taken. Uh, Maybe Higgins, I I would say, probably not going to have anyone put up Debo Samuel or A.J. Brown numbers this year. But uh, you're right, these players can certainly develop into number one wide receivers Um, obviously Debo Samuel wasn't what he is today, year one or day one, right? A.J. Brown, same thing, but, um, But the last two years, we've seen Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase shatter rookie receiving records, so is this just going to keep happening in this pass-hungry league that we see right now, or are those two just that gifted? Ah, uh, well, I, I mean, think there's that you know, for every Justin Jefferson, there's a uh, Jalen Rager. For every, um, you know, DK Metcalf, right? There's a uh, Arcega Whiteside. Uh, you know, there there was a um, Miles Boykins, uh, a Ravens player, was waived the other day. He was a former third round wide receiver out of Notre Dame. This is, you know. You're, that's a pretty uh, solid investment in your football team, a third-round pick, Higgins. And, you know, this guy's waived a few years later. So you're hoping uh, at, at the 10th pick, at the 11th pick, at the 15th pick, you're hoping you could draft an A.J. Brown. But wouldn't you rather just have an A.J. Brown? <laughs> that's the debate going on in a lot of these front offices. And sometimes you're also debating, do you want the young legs or do you want the guy that's proven but potentially has had some injury history like A.J. Brown? I don't know. It's very interesting. I We've had such an explosive off season in terms of players being moved and everything. I almost expect there to be more trades in this final week, but... Who knows? Maybe it's all just settled down and everyone's holding their cards tight. And until Thursday, we're not going to hear anything. Yeah, we shall see. But Higgins, you're leading off the pick of the pod. <laughs> uh, you're a winner. I'm a big fat loser. So uh, why don't you, why don't you uh, take us out? All right. Well, let's get out the broom and let's complete the sweep. I'm going with Sixers minus three. They've been covering throughout this series. Toronto's backs pressed against the wall. Like you said earlier, they're battling some injuries. And I really do think that late three-pointer by Joel Embiid could be one of those tide-shifting moments for this team where they see the bucket fall for them this time instead of it falling for the other guy like they did in the playoffs a few years ago. Philly minus three, complete the sweep, head into the next round of the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, Higgins, uh, I'm sorry, but I am shocked because when we were recording this podcast, we went into the recording, the Timberwolves were up nearly 20 points. Did the Grizzlies come back? Uh, Not only did they come back, they're going to win by double digits, Higgins. Oh, wow. 
yeah, and that's that's two twenty point leads surrendered they, in this game by Minnesota. <laughs> so they uh, were over plus seven hundred at one point. The Grizzlies, I think, near halftime. Yeah, so that is quite a comeback on uh, Thursday night by the Memphis Grizzlies there. Oh, I was wrong, Higgins. They actually win by nine <laughs> points as a meaningless three goes in. So uh, a nine-point uh, final there. But, yeah, I will hop in to my Levy lock now as we are stunned here on the podcast. But, that, is, that is surprising. Uh, I will I will go into the Levy lock, and uh, I'm going over to this Heat Hawk series, Higgins. You mentioned a sweep. I think another one's coming in the East between the Hawks and the Heat. Heat have a 2-0 series lead. This series has not even been close so far, Higgins. I am nervous for Atlanta without their big man, so give me the Heat minus one and a half on the road. All right. Well, it'll be interesting. I'm going back-to-back Sixers for my pick of the pod. That's the main thing that has me nervous about this pick, if I'm being honest. (laughs) Fair enough. I think that's a, that's a fair point, Higgins. Make sure to follow us on social media. We'll be posting some picks between now and next episode. At NBBPod on Twitter, at NextBestBet on Instagram, and the NextBestBet Facebook page and YouTube channel. This has been episode 199 of the NextBestBet. For Brett, I'm Jake. We'll talk to you guys again very soon. <laughs>